0: Is real.
1: There's power in your name, my hope. Trust in your ways, we need.
0: If you read Romans chapter one. One of the problems that you have is not only people who live in rebellion against God, but people who actually condone those who live in rebellion against God. That even though you may not partake in the rebellion by condoning it, you are complicit in the rebellion. So you might say, well, who am I to tell someone how to live? But if you promote what is in rebellion against God, you, my friend, are in rebellion against God.
1: Should the truth that God is real have any impact on the way you live? Does it matter in the choices you make or how you interact with others? Today, Pastor Daniel tells you that it does. You'll learn that God has given you the bits of wisdom in the book of Proverbs to help you live well. Pastor Daniel reminds you that what you stand for and stand against matters to God. He cares about you and wants you to get behind the things that please him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, as he begins his message, Sound Soundbites.
0: When it comes to Jesus, we love to have fun, don't we? Yeah. I love it. I, just, I met someone just before service, someone who's newer to the church, and they said, man, this place is fun. And I believe that God likes it, that we have fun in his presence. And so part of being a Bible teacher is I want to teach people God's word, because I know that in God's word, everything that we need for life and godliness is contained within it. The Bible has got the best information about the most important things in the world. But in the midst of teaching the Bible, unfortunately, so often people kind of just get into like the... I'm just going to teach you the Bible, you know what I mean? It's like doing your taxes or something. It's like it's just got to be done and you want the refund, but it's like kind of like this, this tough thing. And so I actually want us to have some fun today, not like we don't always have fun, but what I decided today was I wanted to, for each point that I have in this series that we're doing in the book of Proverbs, I'm actually going to give you a hand motion that you're going to have to learn. I'm not really kidding either. Because really what I want to do is, in some ways, I want to teach you hand motions that go along with the the messages so that it becomes something that checks your life. And the reason I say that is because one of the things I love about the book of Proverbs is everything about the book of Proverbs is how are we supposed to live because God is real? Because Jesus is real, how are we supposed to live? And so much of these sound bites, these little one-liners, these God's tweets, as we're calling them. They're all about how we should live, right? And the beauty of this is, is that if you're here and you're listening right now, whether you're part of our online audience or you're here in the sanctuary, guess what? You're alive. And so all of these teachings are very practical. And with each one of the points, I'm going to give you a little hand motion so that what will happen is, is, by the time today's over, for those of you who are here, if one of your friends is not living out the gospel, you can just show them the hand motion, and they'll know exactly what it's about. That's kind of good. So you don't even have to say anything. You just show them the hand motion, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And then you would be like, Fusco, come on. So with that, our newest message today in our God's Tweet series, open up in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18. We're doing Proverbs 18 today. But I have five main headings, five main things that I want to show you today, but it'll encompass this entire chapter. So picking up Proverbs 18 verse 1 says this, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool, verse 2, has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes reproach. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellsprings of wisdom is a flowing brook. Verse 5, it is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer. Are like tasty trifles and they go down into the inmost body. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Now, because the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, there is the constant contrast between the wise person and the foolish person and in these verses it's no different so really the first thing i want to teach you today is this we need to simply say foolishness be gone that's that's it foolishness be gone and that's the first hand motion do it foolishness be gone it's pretty good right we've all said that at some point I'm like go just go away go right that's the idea foolishness be gone Because each one of these verses, we learn a whole lot of stuff about the foolish person. Notice first, verse 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, the idea here is it's a person who's isolating themselves because they're self-centered and they're unreasonable. And the reason they're isolating themselves is because they are seeking their own desire. Now, what this teaches us, and I think this is very important, is that if everybody bugs you to the point where you pull away from everybody, you're being a foolish person. And that's a very challenging statement because we live in perhaps the most self-centered, the most individualistic, and the most isolated society in the world. Literally, everything about our lives is isolationist. I mean, think about it. We, You guys ever hear of a carpool lane? I say here of it because most of us never find ourselves in the carpool lane. Why? Because we all drive to work on our own. We leave our garage in our little gated community or whatever, and we drive all by ourselves, and then we drive in our parking spot, and we don't ever have to talk to anybody, right? And so we have all this technology to keep us connected, but the problem with an isolated person is that you're always left up to your own devices, and that's exactly the problem. So a foolish person is somebody who is self-centered and unreasonable, and because of that, he rages against all wise judgment, or that could be translated sound wisdom. So one of the things that the foolishness that we need to have go away, we have to make sure we do not isolate ourselves because we're raging against wisdom. In verse 2, a fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. Commentator Derek Kidner said it this way, closed mind, open mouth. And none of us have ever met anybody like this before. (laughs) Right? The idea here is that somebody who is foolish doesn't really want to have understanding. They just want to share what they think. Now, what's funny about this, I could say, oh, yeah, closed mind, open mouth, and we all know someone like that, but haven't we all been that person too? Like, we're, you don't know, but you start talking, and you're not actually asking for insight. You're like, I just need to tell you what I think, whether or not you know what you're talking about or not, and the problem with our culture today is just because somebody's got a access to the internet, they think they're an expert on everything. How many of you have gone into your doctor having searched out WebMD as if you get what's going on with your body? Now don't get me wrong, sometimes we do get what's going on with our body. But because we have a little bit of information, we have the tendency to think that we really know everything about everything, which is foolishness. And so here you have this idea that we need to seek to understand rather than assume that we understand. And we've talked about these things before. In verse 3, when the wicked comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes reproach. So contempt, wickedness, and dishonor, and reproach all goes together with foolishness. Verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellsprings of wisdom is a flowing brook. This is a beautiful picture because the words of the wise is an inexhaustible supply of blessing and counsel. So the idea here is now we get the words of somebody who isn't foolish, and these pictures that are being expressed here in verse 5. They're deep waters. The idea is that there's more than enough water. It's a wellspring. It's a flowing brook. It has the idea of blessings and abundance. See, so much about wisdom and foolishness comes in the things that we say, and we're going to see more about that. Look at what it says in verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows, and that doesn't mean blow pops. The idea of blows is being hit. It means uh, being judged, being whipped. That's the idea of it. And a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. There's an old saying that I've always loved, and I wish I practiced it more than I do. It's better to say nothing and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and dispel all doubt. (laughs) That's a good one, right? We teach our kids it this way. We say things like, you have two ears and one mouth that you might listen twice as much as you what? Speak. Speak. So the idea is is our mouth, our words, they give a window into our soul. And because of that, you can tell wisdom and foolishness by the things that people say. And so we want to be careful with the words that we use. In verse 5, look what it says. It is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. So an area of foolishness is having a leaning, a partiality to those who live in rebellion against God. Now, that's a very interesting thing in our culture, because if you read Romans chapter one, one of the problems that you have is not only people who live in rebellion against God, but people who actually condone those who live in rebellion against God that even though you may not partake in the rebellion by condoning it, you are complicit in the rebellion. So you might say, well, who am I to tell someone how to live? But if you promote what is in rebellion against God, you, my friend, are in rebellion against God. And the idea is when you show partiality to what is wicked, you end up on the wrong side of history. Because history is not the way humanity writes its past, but history is his story. That word is specific for a reason. So we have to be careful. Foolishness be gone in regards to showing favoritism or preference or priority to wickedness. And then finally... Here in verse 8, look what it says. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost parts. And so one area of foolishness, of course, is gossip. Notice gossip, it says here, is like tasty trifles. Now, you guys know me well enough at this point to know that I like food. I'm a fan of food. It tastes yummy. And when I hear tasty trifles, I get kind of excited. Because you know, when somebody shows up and they got tasty trifles, you just can't wait. I was like, we were, we, were, we were at our church picnic and a sweet sister named Edna, she brought baklava. Now, if you don't know what baklava is, don't worry about it. I don't want you to know it because it's all for me. <laughs> but it's this great. And she's like, Pastor Daniel, I have baklava for you. I'm like, woo! She's like, I'll hold it for you. I'm like, whatever you do, don't give it to my wife because I don't want to share it with my kids. And they started laughing. But the, the idea of something that's tasty is it's, it's delicious, right? Gossip is like that. See, there's something in the brokenness of humanity that when we hear somebody talking about somebody, we our ears always perk up. I got to know. Ooh, I wonder what's going on. But what happens is, is it goes on down into your inward parts and it is retained. And remember, it's just like those tasty trifles, Right? When was the last time you ate a healthy, tasty trifle? Exactly. Everyone's just like, right? The problem with something that's tasty is it's normally full of sugar and butter, and it gets on down in there, and once it's in there, guess what? It don't, you can't get it out. It takes way more work to get rid of the calories from the yummy donut than it does to Put the yummy donut in there. We all know that that's the way that it goes, right? And so in some ways, gossip, it's the perfect picture of gossip because there's that part of you that you really just want to eat that double rich chocolate mousse layer cake with cream cheese icing. Like you want that thing, right? Like you're just like, I got to eat that. But once it's in there, guess what? You can do double time on the treadmill. It's still going to pack on the pounds, right? That's kind of how it goes. And gossip is the same thing. You want that thing, but once you get it, you're stuck with it now. It becomes part of you. And gossip is murder with words. That's what it is. That's how it works. So it's a tasty try. It's something that you want, but when it gets in there, It stays with you. It's a problem. And then verse nine, the last one. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. And so the idea is that whatever your work is, my friend, you need to get at that work with all of your might. You can't just slack off. Now, I realize we live in a slacker kind of a culture. But God's word should be the culture that drives whatever culture we live in. And our Bibles talk a whole lot about the work that we do and how we do that work. That we do it as unto the Lord and not unto your boss as a people pleaser. you you work as unto God and God looks upon our work. But too many of us, we're doing a great job of just slacking off. And the Bible says it's foolishness. I mean, look what it says. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great what? destroyer, yeah, good family, right? Look what happens, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall is his own esteem. So verses 10 and 11 give us our next point and that is that we need to find strength. Find strength. Now, you don't need to really guess what the hand motion is. I just want you all to be flexing. Go ahead, flex, go ahead. Come on. You gotta love bodybuilders like. Who wants to flex like that? Don't pull a muscle. Go on, flex, find strength. Let me see it. I had a friend like that in high school. Like, we were all playing sports and stuff. My one buddy in the weight room, man, he was the guy who was like, Come on, war, war. I was just like, Dude, you're freaking me out, man. And I'd become that guy. How does this all happen? We need to find strength. Where do we find strength? The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are what? Safe. Brothers and sisters, listen. You need to find strength and the strength is not from you doing an extra round of resistance training in the gym Although it may be it's not from having more money in your bank account Although that may be a benefit your strength comes from the Lord because he is a strong tower And those who believe in him the righteous they run into him and they are safe because God is all-powerful and we have to make sure that we remember where our true strength is. We are too apt to trust in our own resources, our own intellect, to trust in the blessings of living in the generation we live in, in the country we live in. But our true strength is in the Lord. And we need to find ourselves hiding out in God's house, because that's where safety is. Every single human being at some point in their life comes to the end of their resources. People all the time, they say to me, oh yeah, you know, like, it makes sense that people believe in God because when everything else fails, you need God. I'm like, yeah, but you know why people do that? Because everything else fails. People say, oh, well, believing in Jesus is a crutch. I'm like, look, you need a crutch when you have a broken leg. Or a broken life And at some point every person realizes I'm at the end of the strength that I have I'm at the end of my resources I'm at the end of the medical care I'm at the end of my intellect My body is breaking down At some point every human being comes to terms with the fact That they are at the end of what they have And at that juncture the righteous people realize That all their strength is in the Lord and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we derive our strength from His strength. We need to find strength in the Lord. Now, I love it. It says in the name of the Lord. Now, you guys know this. I've shared this with you before. But the name of the Lord is not like His, the letters in His name. Orthodox Judaism will tell you that you can't say the name of the Lord, that God's personal name, the I am who I am, it's four letters in your Hebrew Bible, uh, Yud, a hey, a and a hey in Hebrew, or a y-h-w-h in English. Right? They so say you can't say God's name. No. The name literally means the entire nature. Let me, I'll give you a perfect example. Imagine someone said Daniel Fusco. Right? That's my name. Do you think, oh yeah, D-A-N-I-E-L-F-U-S-C-O? And bingo was his name. You know, you know. When you think Daniel Fusco, you think of for better, for worse, kind of hairy, a little short. But that's what you think of. When you think of a person's name, you don't think of the letters in your name. You think of their entire nature. And when it says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, we don't want to over-literalize it to say, oh, I have to make sure I don't say God's personal name. But it's no, the entire revealed nature of who God is, that's where the strength is because that's who God really is. And you and I, we find strength when we realize the strength is in the Lord. And it is not a sin to retreat into the courts and the house of the Lord. That's not weakness. Listen, any of you who've studied the history of wars, you realize that sometimes the wisest thing to do is retreat. You know that, right? No, It's not wisdom or even bravery to stand up and be killed when you could retreat and live to fight another day. You know that, right? Sometimes we have this idea that being martyred on our own timetable is God's wisdom. It's not. See, The person who finds real strength realizes that you have to retreat into the house of the Lord. You have to retreat into the presence of God. That's where your strength comes from. I think for too many of us, we're trying to show ourselves strong in our own flesh, and we never retreat into the presence of God. And for those of us who've tried that, I know I surely have. It's a fool's errand, because at some point you break down, because you're human. And you weren't designed to be all powerful.
1: Jesus is real. We are so glad that you stayed with us today as Pastor Daniel taught you that true strength comes from the Lord. You learned that, like most people, you may too easily look to where you live or your own resources for your safety and security. But these things will fail you. Pastor Daniel reminded you that you can run to God. He will give you strength and keep you safe. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for
0: tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's word and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website,
1: JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Click on the stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will discuss several things you can do that will help take care of your life's business you'll learn that God's Word is your source for wisdom and perspective. Relying on your own strengths and understanding will skew your perception of what is true and good. Pastor Daniel will remind you that reading the Bible on a regular basis will help you see things clearly and show you the way forward. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called God's Tweets. Until then, may God bless.